Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Do you feel like your church's facility could be preventing growth? Or are you frustrated or maybe even overwhelmed at the thought of a complicated or costly building project? Are the limitations of your church building becoming obstacles to the path of expanding your ministry? Have you ever felt that your church could reach more people if only the facility was better suited to meet the needs of your community. Well, our friends over at Rise Point have been there. They are former ministry staff and church leaders, and they understand how to prioritize and help lead your church to a place where the building really is a ministry multiplier rather than a ministry limiter. Licensed all over North America, their team of architects, interior designers, and project managers have the professional experience to help you and your church move the mission forward. Listen, I trust RisePoint. You can trust them with your project too. Check them out over at risepoint.com forward slash unseminary. That's risepoint with an E dot com forward slash unseminary. While you're there, pick up their free downloadable resource for your team. It's called 10 Things to Get Right Before You Build. Reach out to them today. The earlier into the project, the better. Again, that's risepoint.com forward slash Unseminary. That's risepoint with an e.com forward slash unseminary today. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to turn tune in today. You're going to be really rewarded for this. We've got a great conversation lined up. Every week we try to bring you someone who will inspire and equip you. Today is no exception. Super excited to have Mary DeMuth with us. Uh, she is an international speaker, podcaster, and author of nearly 50 books, which is incredible. As someone who's working on his third, the begin mm-hmm. to 50 is amazing. Uh, germane to today's conversation, she's an avid Bible reading and has guided so many people uh, really back to scriptures to really supercharge their faith. We're super excited about Mary's upcoming book called The 90-Day uh, Bible Reading Challenge, or not her upcoming, her current book. Uh, <laughs> and I want you to pick up copies of this. And so I'm just declaring that right up front today. Mary, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. So great to be here. Thank you for the privilege of being to being able to be on this platform. I'm excited. I love church leaders. Nice. Give us a little bit of your background. Kind of fill out the story there uh, beyond just the kind of standard bio stuff. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So actually, I was not raised in church, uh, a little bit raised by wolves, had a very traumatic upbringing, lots of um, difficult things happening. uh, And I didn't even know really anything about the church until I became a Christian at 15 through the ministry of Young Life and then Mm, started to go to church right away. And it was actually a it was something I had to choose to do because I was, mm. um, my family wasn't going to go. Thankfully, I had a car and I just started back then and have been blessed ever since. Um, and we all have gone through our rocky moments with church. She's messy. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, so that's that. And then I've got three adult kids who are. Uh, making their way in the world and they don't live in our basement. We live in Texas, so there isn't a basement. So that's good. Um, <laughs> and I've, I'll be celebrating the 33rd year of marriage to my husband, Patrick, in a few weeks. 
Congratulations. That's, uh, that's great. Well, for friends that have listened to the podcast for a while, they would know we don't normally have authors on as like just a standard practice. And But when I saw this book, I was like, we got to get Mary on to talk about this. I think this is a really exciting topic. And, and you have done, I think, a huge favor to so many church leaders. So there's so many of uh, people in our churches seem to have a Chicken McNuggets approach to scripture. Mm. They like pick up little bits and pieces of it as opposed to the whole meal. And you're really challenging us to think about a 90-day Bible challenge. Talk us through why are you trying to encourage people to really read scripture you know, in a fast-paced way, kind of see the big story, help us understand why would you uh, encourage people to want to do that? Yeah, it started from my own journey and something that I've been doing for the past five years, a couple times a year. And a friend of mine was doing it, and I thought, that sounds fascinating. And I had read the Bible in a mm. year before. and But this, to me, sounded more interesting because I was going to be able to make those hyperlinks and those connections between Old and New Testament and become a better Bible teacher. Uh, what mm -hmm. I didn't realize when I started it was it was going to revolutionize my life, and it was the best spiritual practice oh. I have ever done in my life. And I've I've done a lot of different spiritual practices as a longtime believer. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I just wanted to share this with others. The, a little story mm -hmm. about that is in the chicken nugget story is a friend of mine <laughs> is a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, and she was teaching a class. And this was a seminary, a brand new seminary student raised their hand and said, I thought the Bible was just a bunch of little sayings, like things that you would find on Instagram. I didn't wow. realize it was a right. whole book. <laughs> it was like, oh no. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Oh dear. <laughs> so yes. this will help people know that it's not chicken nuggets, like a whole turkey that you stick in your oven and you can make soup with later. And it's, it's everything. And the fact that it's in three months makes it so amazing and beautiful and it will absolutely change your life. So I'm so excited about having this book out. Yeah, I love it. We a um, number of years ago, we did a 40-day challenge of reading the New Testament as a church. We did that in the new year. And I was amazed in my individual small group, we had so many similar comments like that, where people were like, I didn't know that was in there. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't know that, they, you know, they ran into all kinds of new stuff, which is is incredible. Now, you've broken this up uh, which I, I think is fascinating, this kind of morning, noon, and night reading kind of approach. Talk us through that from, uh, you know, helping people, you know, how is that, why is that a good practice? How have you seen that been helpful for folks? Well, backing up a little bit, the question I usually get is how long does that take? And it takes an, about right. an hour. <laughs> okay. And and so, and I'm an all or nothing girl. So originally I wrote this as just one big chunk because I'm just like, let's get this done, mm. check it off the list. Um, but my editor was like, there's some people that it, life is really crowded. And so how can we make this mm. a little easier? So I'd have two big chunks, morning and noon. And then I throw in a Psalm at night because Ooh. I feel so bad, but, um, <laughs> and it's, it's a chronological read. So it's not like as you read the Bible chronology, but based on the Bible projects mm -hmm. chronology. So first Samuel and second Samuel are in different places. And so that mm -hmm. you get a good idea of the story of scripture. So um, mm. that's kind of how I did that. But I wanted to, because I know people have busy lives, I wanted to be mm. able to give them those three sets. And the other thing to think about, sorry, I'm talking so much, but I get really excited. No, it's wonderful. Um, it's good. Is, it says the 90 day Bible reading challenge, but you can listen to your Bible. 
And Mm. my little hack is when you're having a crazy day, but you have a commute or you're taking a run or you're taking a walk or you're in the car, listen to it, but listen Mm. to it on 1.5 or 2.0 speed, because usually the Bible is it's like this really awesome person with a very slow voice. So uh, if you're trying to get <laughs> so it into true. that one hour, um, that will help you. Yeah, love it. So good. Um, so now you've put this together, packaged this into a book, but I'm assuming that this would be the good, a good kind of thing to do as a community. I can picture small groups doing this or maybe, um, you know, church teams doing it. I was like, hey, this could be a great way. We could, we could still order these books and maybe saying, hey, why don't we challenge each other to do this together as a team to kick off uh, the new year? Uh, but but talk to me about how you've seen or what your you know thinking was around particularly how people could do this together. Yeah, I'm definitely facil- facilitating that myself the first of the year. People can go to marriedemuth.com slash Bible to sign up for mm-hmm. free. Um, but I also know of a ministry that's taking their people through it. I've heard of churches taking their people through it, which is awesome. And I also have heard, like you've mentioned, leadership teams. And um, yeah, it the book is, it has everything you know, put out, like what you need to read. But um, my my editor said, you know, I've been reading the Bible a really long time. I'm a Bible teacher. I'm married to a mm-hmm. theologian, all these things. Um, <clears throat> so she said on every page, I don't want a summary because nobody, that's so boring. Who wants a summary? She goes, I want something mm. th- that will surprise me on every page. Mm. And keeping that orthodox, of course, you know, just don't, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I had to really like pray through and bring something fresh every day. So it was kind of mm. like a devotional through the whole Bible. So it was a huge challenge mm. personally for me, but it also mm. kind of brought in all of that work that I've been doing all those years and just the, the amazing ahas that the Lord has brought me. I have been mm-hmm. able now to share with people who are reading. And that's a sh- it's not a lot because you're already reading a whole bunch of the Bible, but it's just yes. hopefully something insightful. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, when I, I so I'd heard about your book and then I, I got a copy of it and and I was like, oh, this will be interesting because because reading, you know, 90 days of reading, that's a lot, you know, like you say, an hour a day. That And then I was like, I wonder what she wrote on top of that. Like, how is that? Uh, You know, as opposed to just (laughs) here's a checklist of what to read. It's like now we've got a bunch of, you know, we've got more content. But I think you really nailed the like, hey, this is an appropriate amount of of other reading, kind of appropriate context. Like you say, drawing it together. I think that's, you know, fantastic. Earlier in the conversation, you talked about how reading the scripture like this, you know, kind of this big read idea um, revolutionized your spiritual life, re- revolutionized your relationship with Jesus. Tell us a little bit about that and, and give us kind of a, an insight into what you're hoping happens in the lives of people who participate in the challenge. Well, I am a very busy person and I wear a lot of hats um, as an author and a literary agent and an artist, all these things. And so to do this challenge, I had to take something off my plate it doesn't mm. work anymore to have a smorgasbord and have things falling off. You have to take some of the potato salad off mm. and <laughs> add something. <laughs> so the potato salad that, that I took off was social media and maybe some Netflix. And mm. oddly, pulling those things off was its own beautiful spiritual practice because I was right. realizing I was being discipled far more by the world's standards and way of thinking and systems than I was Mm. by the word of God. 
And so the sheer act of pulling that off and then adding the Bible for such a long period of time, and it caused me to also be thinking Christianly throughout the day because mm. I'd had this chunk of scripture. This rhythm. Um, yeah. And then the thing that I guess the last part of that question is every time I read through, the Lord does something new. And this last read through, mm. it was like God. I, this thought, God is a relentless pursuer of his people. And a lot mm. of times so erroneously, good. we feel like God's kind of like ticked off in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, he's super cool and like surfer Jesus and everyone's welcome to the party. <laughs> you know, we just have this, it's wrong, yes. but that's what yes. we think because we've been presented yeah. that. But I was reading through the Old Testament last and God just, I almost got mad at the Lord. I'm like, come on, these people, these mm. Israelites, they are worshiping <laughs> idols and they keep doing it. And the cycle of judges where they just keep turning around and yes. turning around. Yeah, and, once uh, again. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, wait, he is just as much the one. I mean, his heart in the Old Testament is that this nation of Israel, the chosen people, would be the city on the hill gathering all people mm. to himself. They did not do that because they got very distracted by their idols. But that was God's intent for them all along. I mean, you hear the Abrahamic covenant and, you know, I'm going to bless the whole world through you. It was always there and his heart was always there. And so mm -hmm. that made me fall in love with him all over again. All over again. Mm. So good. That's great. Fantastic. Love it. I'm going to ask you to wade in on a controversy. You know, people like doing that. Sure. Um, obviously, Fun. you're, and you, you mentioned this earlier, we obviously want people to read. There's lots of different ways to read scripture. You can listen to it on your phone. You can, you know, you can listen to it on a CD. You can read it in a, you know, a paper form. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways. And, and our overall message is, hey, we want people to read scripture. That's what we want people to take mm -hmm. away. But talk us through from your perspective. You've seen people do this you know, paper versus phone, paper versus digital. Talk us through what should we be thinking about or questions we should be thinking about on, on you know, the, again, it's a little bit of an unfair question because I know your answer is whatever, both of them. We want people to read, but but talk us through that. What would, what, what should we be thinking about on, you know, like an old school paper Bible or, you know, digital version? Well, I do think that it is convenient to do the digital version because if you, yes. if you have a busy life and you're in the carpool lane, it makes sense to have that. However, right. as a spiritual discipline and as an author who writes books typically on paper, um, <laughs> I, I think it might be an interesting practice to have an empty Bible of a translation that you'd like to read that you haven't read before mm. to oh, kind of shock cool. you out of what you're used to seeing and mm. then journal your way through or just you know, write questions in the margins. One of the things I encourage people to do is that this is such a rapid read that people who are deep thinkers are going to be like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I want you to write down all of your questions and your insights on a little mm. piece of paper, on a little notebook, but you could also do it in a wide margin Bible and just go through and come back to it later. You're not missing anything. You will always keep mm. those insights, but you're just going to continue to move on because there is a blessing in, in both ways of studying scripture, both in the deep and the, the overarching way. So I, in that mm. sense, I think paper would be a really great way to go about it. Yeah, I love it. That's good. I know um, I was, you know, encouraging uh, some young people around a, a read through the Bible, like a big read experience. And I, you know, very similarly, I was saying like, listen, what, you know, the, the 
phone is super convenient, but you, you know yourself, if you get super distracted there all the time, there mm-hmm. is something about putting the phone in the other room and saying, okay, for these, you know, this 30 minutes or whatever, we're going to sit down and we're going to do this. Um, you know, not in a, in a legalistic way, but in a, Hey, like we want to help you kind of be as distraction free as you possibly can. Let's talk about biblical literacy. I, you know, biblical literacy is something we've seen time and again, we hear lots of people saying like, Hey, you know, this is, it's waning in the church, that kind of your average person that attends the average church in the country knows less about the Bible. Even that example you used from, you know, from seminary, pretty dramatic example. Um, talk us through biblical literacy. Where's your heart on that? What what should we be thinking about? Obviously, this is a potential solution for that. It's one piece of the puzzle, but what, what are some things we should be thinking about as church leaders around biblical literacy? I would say this, that Christianity is active, not passive, but we have lulled mm. ourselves into a passivity, thinking that if we go to church on Sunday, we will be spoon-fed like little babies, <laughs> uh, mm. the Word of God. Um, but we are mm. supposed to move from milk to meat. And in order mm, to do that, so we have to chew on it ourselves. We have to actively read it. And also, we need to take into example the example of the Bereans, who when they heard all of this new stuff about Jesus— they went back and they searched the scriptures to make sure that what um, the apostles were saying was correct. And Mm. we have lost our discernment and we are receiving all sorts of heresy in all different kinds of ways. And we have no idea that we are, but if you Mm. know your word, (laughs) if you know the Bible Mm -hmm. and especially doing a rapid read through, it's going to give you so much of a foundation. You're going to be a lot better at discerning truth from error than you would have been in, in the past. Mm, that's good. That's really good. So good. Um, any other benefits that come, you know, that might be not self-evident around doing a, a rapid read like this, you know, really bringing in, you know, the whole council of scripture in, uh, in, a, in a short period of t- time like this? It's something we might not be thinking about. Yeah. Uh, another one of the read-throughs that I went through, I was just so struck by the heavenly tabernacle, this whole idea mm. of it's there in heaven and then it's on the earth and then it's a temple and then we're the tabernacle. And then, you know, then we go through the book of Revelation. And so there you begin to have these most profound connections of the story of God and the story of scripture. Mm. And you also realize wait a minute, in my narcissistic, um, self-centered world of American Christianity, which can be that Mm. way sometimes, this book (laughs) is not about me. (laughs) This Mm. is about the majesty and the holiness and the story of God. And Mm. I think we need to elevate our eyes from always looking at our belly buttons, you know, and it, and it thinking about everything for us, which is what I think that person that went to seminary was looking at all the pithy nugget sayings that are all about us. We need to mm-hmm. graduate to a grander mm. view of who the Lord is and what his story is. Yeah, that's so good. Well, talk to us about this, uh, you, you know, this read through you're doing in the new year. Again, that's marydemuth.com uh, forward slash Bible. We want to send people there who are interested in learning more, signing up for that. But talk us through what that, what is that experience going to be like? What, you know, what are you hoping people will do? Give us the kind of fill out that picture for us. Well, there's a private Facebook group, and if someone signs up and they're not on Facebook, they will also get an email from me every day for 90 days, and I'm so grateful nice. I'm done with that task because that was a lot uh. to do. And I actually added art to every post because um, it's. I think it's fun to see 
biblical interpretations of art throughout the centuries and how they um, connect to scripture. So it's just kind of fun. So it's illustrated as well. And uh, in the group, we will be uh, talking about what we have read. And hopefully Mm. that will cause people to want to keep going. I know that there are a lot of starters. I'm raising my hand. I'm one of those starters in the new year. I'm going to work out every single day. I definitely do that. But it I actually do work out a lot more now, now that I have a community of working out friends around me. There's something mm-hmm. about that accountability and friendship that causes me to want to be with those people. And so that's kind of the hope of that. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. Yeah, I think it's a it's there is that natural kind of rhythm that happens at that time of year when we're thinking mm-hmm. about, hey, new year, new you. You could start any time of year, but this is an appropriate yeah. uh, time of year to get this ball rolling. So, so good. Well, Mary, I appreciate this. Any kind of final words as we wrap up today's uh, conversation? Again, I want to send people to pick up copies of 90 Day Bible Reading Challenge. I'm assuming we can pick these up at Amazon, but where else do we want to send people to to pick up copies of this book, uh, you know, to learn more, to take some steps towards uh, doing this challenge? Yeah, it should be in your church's bookstore. If your church has a bookstore, any um, Christian bookstore and any normal bookstore as well should be able to get it for you as well. Um, Everything's changed in the past 20 years. So (laughs) mostly you can get it on, you know, all the online sites is a lot easier. Love it. Thanks so much, Mary. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks for being on today's episode. Uh, where do we want to send people online if they are if they want to connect with you, kind of track with you? Where do we want to send them? Yeah, my website, marydemuth.com. And then I'm on socials at, at marydemuth. Love it. Thanks so much, Mary. Appreciate you being here. It's been a blessing. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.